some people who study the Course in Miracles think that this subject of physical immortality is contrary to the Course. But, in fact, it's not. If you read it carefully. Now, you do have to get that it's from the spirit down, not from the body up. So, when it says, I am spirit, uh, that's your identity. And then, as Sandra said, well, mind is just more condensed spirit, and body is just more condensed mind. So, therefore, body is utmost spirit. So, you kind of have to understand that for it to make sense. <clears throat> but when it says in the Course in Miracles, I'm not a body, I am free, it's also implying that you are spirit, and spirit is immortal. But the body still has a role in this level that we are now. It says the body is a teaching device. So as long as we've, we're here manifested, we need a body to communicate, we need a body to express ourselves. So the body has a definite role in this level of existence. It is very clear that there's no death. There's even a lesson. This is lesson 60, 163. There is no death. The Son of God is free. It says, death is a thought that takes on many forms, often unrecognized. It may appear as sadness, fear, anxiety or doubt, as anger, faithlessness, and lack of trust. Concern for bodies, envy, and all forms in which the wish to be as you are not may come to tempt you. All such thoughts are but reflections of the worshiping of death as savior and as giver of release. So we, Sandra and I read this lesson and we thought it was very interesting. The forms of death could be very subtle, you know, like anger is a form of death. Sadness is a form of death. Can you elaborate, please? Just a little bit, an example? Well, we could all admit that we've been sad, right, in our life. We can all admit that we've been angry, and that's just contributing to our death urge. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not our true function when we're in those states of mind, and that 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 is a form of worshiping death. Mm -hmm. So this is saying, well, you have to uh, process out all those negative emotions and those negative thoughts. So whenever, uh, if I can reflect it in my words, whenever I um, do those things, or whenever that you know that, those things that I know, will read that bit, um, then I'm. Uh, then, then I am not fully alive, or not mm -hmm. being fully alive. Then I'm allowing those that death urge to 
to have power. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Read that again, though. So I'll read it one more time, because this mm. is very powerful. Mm. Death is a thought that takes on many forms, often unrecognized. It may appear as sadness, fear, anxiety, or doubt, as anger, faithlessness, lack of trust, concern for bodies, envy, and all forms in which the wish to be as you are not may come to tempt you. All such thoughts are but reflections of the worshiping of death as savior and of giver of release. So I think it's important to also realize God's will for us is perfect happiness and that the nature of divinity is joy. The nature of divinity is eternal life. So all these things that it says is a form of death are contrary to the div divine reality. Like if, if the divine reality is eternal life, if the divine reality is joy, peace, harmony, then certainly the... The denial of that through sadness, anger, fear, whatsoever, you know, those would, those would be the death urge. Those would be forms of death. Um, but basically this, this is saying there isn't any death. These are all just made up stuff. Uh, you know, we discussed those lessons, I'm the light of the world. A few days ago, forgiveness is my function as the light of the world. Well, what's the result of the light of the world? It's peace, it's joy, it's happiness. So in the absence of our own happiness, we're indulging in the death earth. I'll just go on, I'll read the next paragraph. Embodiment of fear, the host of sin, God of the guilty, and the Lord of all illusions and deceptions, does the thought of death seem mighty, for it seems to hold all living things within its withered hand, all hopes and wishes in its blighting grasp, all goals perceived but in its sightless eyes. The frail, the helpless, and the sick bow down before its image, thinking it alone is real, inevitable, worthy of their trust, for it alone will surely come. So, I mean, most, most of us have had this thought, well, death is inevitable. That's just what we're taught. We're taught, well, eventually, you know, lead a good life and have a productive life and but eventually you're going to retire, and then you're going to age, and then you're going to get sick, and then you're going to die, and death is inevitable. That's pretty much what everyone has been taught. So is there an alternative to that, is what we're saying. The Course is saying there must be, there must be an alternative. However, we, th we think death is certain, 
all things but death are seem seen to be unsure, too, too quickly lost, however hard to gain, uncertain in their outcome, apt to fail the hopes they are engendered, they once engendered, and to leave the taste of dust and ashes in their wake, in place of aspirations and of dreams. But death is counted on, for it will come with certain footsteps when the time has come for its arrival. It will never fail to take all life as hostage to itself. So this is kind of what the ego believes. Death is inevitable. We can have our highest aspirations, but eventually death is going to get the better of us. You know, I think artists kind of believe that, well, they they live in immortality through their work. You know, if you make a painting that's great, or if you write a, a book that's great, you know, people still are talking about that after the death of of that person, like Shakespeare. We still talk about Shakespeare. We still talk about Krishna and the Bhagavad Gita, you know, so... So we've we've often thought that, well, what you leave behind can be immortal, but n- not this physical, you know, this physical unit, this physical, spiritual, mental unit. So this is what we're saying is what we're putting forth as able to have immortality as well. So would you bow down to idols such as this? Here is the strength and might of God himself perceived within an idol made of dust. Here is the opposite of God proclaimed as Lord of all creation, stronger than God's will for life, the endlessness of love and heaven's perfect changeless constancy. Here is the will of Father and Son defeated finally, and laid to rest beneath the headstone death has placed upon the body of the Son of God. I mean... It's pretty intense, isn't it? Yeah. But this is what the ego believes. But I think there's a very subtle... There's a very subtle shift we have to make in, in the midst of this understanding is that body is essentially spirit. It's not this separated entity of physicality. Like, if you do think that, then probably death will be inevitable. But if you think of body in terms of just, like we said, it's just a denser form of spirit, and you are spirit, then it's like it transmutes the body to something more more etheric, you know, more... more uh, connected to the life force. So that's that's an important shift you have to make in your mind about just how you see the, the physical form. It's it's a it's a continuum of the spiritual form. Okay. So let's read on. Just it gets a little worse, actually. Unholy in defeat He has become, he, the ego, meaning the ego, 
Unholy in defeat, he has become what death would have him be. His epithet, which death itself has written, gives no name to him, for he has passed the dust. It says but this, Here lies a witness, God is dead. And this it writes again and still again, while all the while its worshippers agree, and kneeling down with foreheads to the ground, they whisper fearfully that it is so. It is impossible to worship death in any form and still select a few you would not cherish and would yet avoid while still believing in the rest. For death is total. Either all things die or else they live and cannot die. No compromise is possible. For here again we see an obvious position which we must accept it If we be sane, what contradicts one thought entirely cannot be true unless its opposite is proven false. So all that's saying is what contradicts one thought entirely, like death contradicts life, cannot be true unless its opposite is proven false. So death is trying to prove that life is false. It ends in death. I think we have to really look at these, this line, either all things die or else they live and cannot die. So, I mean, are we, are we that committed to the truth of A Course in Miracles that we could ponder that and transform ourselves into a deathless being? Part of the problem is we live in a dualistic mind. We think, well, there's life. None of us in this room would say we're not alive, right? You would say, well, I feel like I'm alive. But there's this dualism going on in us that, in our subconscious, that death is there too. So. So this is this is trying to get us out of dualism into making a decision of one or the other. So dualism is essentially saying you believe in death, and death is real, and eventually life will be overcome by death. That's the dualistic approach. So now this is saying there's no compromise possible. Either all things die or all things cannot die. So you have to choose one, and it's not a dualistic system. It's either one or the other, and you have to choose it. The idea of the death of God is so preposterous that even the insane have difficulty in believing in it, for it implies that God was once alive and somehow perished, (laughs) killed apparently by those who did not want him to survive. Their stronger will could triumph over his, and so eternal life gave way to death, and with the father died the son as well. So, 
you know, the ego, the ego is a powerful force. You know, it thinks it can deny life, deny God, and then prove it by getting sick and dying. Now, the Course doesn't talk too much about reincarnation, but, you know, with whatever is incomplete business in this life, we'll come back again to try to complete it. So, we feel that everyone is on this ascension towards immortality. Few people on the planet are aware of that, but most people, they're not aware of it, so they just, they're in the cycle of birth and death for forever, you know. They're on the, the wheel of karma and the wheel of birth and death. And they just keep coming back, and sometimes they solve some of their problems, but then, you know, they don't f completely forgive everyone, so they have to come again and get those same kind of scenarios in the next life to forgive. So that's just the wheel of life and death and karma. And this is trying to get us off the wheel. Course in Miracles is trying to make this your liberation. Death's worshippers may be afraid, and yet can thoughts like these be fearful? If they saw that it is only this which they believe, they would be instantly released. And you will show them this today. There is no death, and we renounce it now in every form, for their salvation and our own as well. God made not death. Whatever form it takes must therefore be an illusion. This the stand we take today, and it is given us to look past death and see the life beyond. Okay. So, I think that we have to see that, uh, I mean, you, you can't make people wrong for leaving their body. They're not wrong. They're just not seeing the whole picture. And it doesn't mean that they're less intact as a being than anyone else, but we have a special role, I think, as teachers, as light workers, to stick around and help our brother ascend, right? First help ourselves ascend, but then in our own ascension into our own joy, we bring others into that joy. You know, it's like you can't bring people into joy if you're not in joy, right? So that's our first responsibility, is to get in this state of joy, get in this state of perfect happiness. And then that's, that's life-affirming. And this goes along with it. We can't be in a total state of joy if we're walking around with this fear that, like Leonard Orr said, the divine meat axe is going to get us eventually. <laughs> you know? That's not a very happy thought. That's horrible. So, but we're all, our subconscious has got that going on in there. 
So we have to heal that in ourselves, and that's what physical immortality is about. We're, we're healing the mental uh, programming of this thought that death is inevitable, because that is not a joyful thought, and that will prevent us from perfect happiness. So we want to get ourselves in the state of perfect happiness, and then once we're there and we're certain of it, we bring others into that field. And then that's our form of divine service, whatever that is. Question. Question. Yeah. Um, do we have to be in perfect happiness before we can bring others into it? Well, I mean, we have to have certain connection to those, those masters that are in perfect mm. happiness. Mm. So, yeah, that's why we have the masters, because they, they pick us up when we fall down, you know. But, I mean, the eventual... Um, the eventual result of us having a master is to be as the master in that state. Like I was telling Sandra this morning, I said, you know, you've served Babaji for 40 years now, and it's, it's now your time, not in an ego kind of a way, but that you, you claim your own mastery. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We have to claim our own mastery from the masters that taught us and enter into those states of, of uh, perfect happiness ourselves. And then our, our role as a teacher, our role as a healer is, is enhanced, it's increased. We're more effective at it. So we can bring people into that space of, of perfect happiness quicker. You know, but we have to kind of claim our own mastery. So it is a good question. No, you don't have to be in a state of perfect happiness to uplift people, but to take them all the way, it's it's definitely what what we have to master. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it is that's why they call it ascension. You're you're ascending up, you know, you're getting clearer, 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 clearer and you're ascending up towards that vibration of the masters. So, yeah, I mean, that's the eventual result, is that we would be masters as well. <clears throat> so, I mean, this is, Robert Kuhn calls this a kind of a straight and narrow path, you know. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, physical immortality is not for everyone. It's for anybody, but not everybody's going to go for it. You know, they, they've got a lot of clearing to do even before you get to considering this topic. So, people, many people have too much fear. They don't even want to talk about death. They're so afraid of it. Death's worshippers may be afraid, and yet can thoughts like these be fearful? If they say that it is only this which they believe, they would. If they saw that it is only this which they believe, they would instantly be released. And you will show them this today. There is no death, and we renounce it now in every form. So when it says we'll renounce it in any fo- every form, our spiritual practice has to be, well, when we're sad, we have to get out of it. 
we have to say, you know, I'm not going to indulge in this. This is part of my death urge. When you have a fear, you have to say, I'm not going to indulge in this fear. It's part of my death urge. Or anger. Somewhere in the text, Jesus says, anger is never justified. Pardon is always justified. So if we're angry, it's a forgiveness problem. And we have to pardon whatever that is in front of us. Um, I just feel that as long as we don't start to feel guilty, if we're going through something, yeah, you know, because otherwise we could be setting ourselves up for, you know, something that, sure. that you know, and we need to keep acknowledging that we've yeah. been through all the things. We're not guilty, you know, nor are we projecting the guilt. Yeah. Like, and you we know, need to then ask for help. Sure. Well, the events that transpired this last week, you know, we could have easily either felt guilty or projected guilt onto others. And I think by just letting it be, moving through it, doing the right thing, pr proceeding with our work as we had planned, uh, it, it sort of cleansed itself out. You know, I don't have any charge about what happened or those people. I'm not projecting guilt and I'm not giving, making guilt on myself. So that's right, guilt, guilt is out. <laughs> like Sandra said, one ounce of guilt is walking the carpet of death. So, so that's what we, we have to give up these personal <laughs> lies, really. So it's, it's, a, it's a mighty lesson, this 163. There is no death, the Son of God is free. And, you know, this last prayer, you know, when the Course italicizes words, usually it's kind of a form of a prayer. And this prayer is so beautiful. I'm going to read it. Maybe we can just kind of sink into it and receive it. And just, just close your eyes. And just picture, this is Jesus. This is Jesus talking to you. This is like, like he's in this room. His presence is here. His presence is in A Course in Miracles. And he's giving you these words to lift you up and liberate you. So these are the true words, you know. These are the true words we have to embrace. Well, if we want to, we don't have to, but wouldn't you want to? So I'm just going to read these. Just close your eyes, and I'll, I'll read this prayer a couple of times. And let's, let's just see if we can take it in, because it, it gives us a role to play. Father, bless our eyes today. We are your messengers, and we would look upon the glorious reflection of your love, which shines on everything. We live and move in you alone. We are not separate from your eternal life. 
there is no death, for death is not your will. And we abide where you have placed us, in the life we share with you and with all living things, to be like you and part of you forever. We accept your thoughts as ours, and our will is one with yours eternally. Amen. So just let that soak in. Just be still for a minute. I'll read it one more time and it'll go in deeper this time. Our Father, bless our eyes today. We are your messengers and we would look upon the glorious reflection of your love that shines in everything we live and move in you alone. We are not separate from your eternal life. There is no death, for death is not your will. And we abide where you have placed us, in the life we share with you and with all living things, to be like you, and part of you forever. We accept your thoughts as ours, and our will is one with yours eternally. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. Alrighty. Thank you. Did you want to read it on this tape, what you're closing on? This is uh, the Now okay. for Happiness. Yeah, let's put that on there too. Okay. So to close this training before we do the rebirth, and then after the rebirth we'll have a ceremony, but this is the end of the training. Do you want to be happy or do you not want to be happy is the question. Okay? Do you want to be happy from this point forward for the rest of your life regardless of what happens? Yes, right? Yes. <laughs> Come on, you guys. you got to participate. Happiness is under your control, but you must take a vow of happiness. So raise your hand if you want to take it. You don't want your happiness to be conditional upon behavior of other people. Don't get involved with the stuff that comes up. Commit yourself to unconditional happiness. It's a very... Very high path, but which means we take a vow to stay happy no matter what's going on. Tell yourself that no matter what happens, you are not going to close your heart. The real question is whether you want to be happy regardless of what happens. Every time a part of you begins to get unhappy, let it go. Tell yourself that no matter what happens, you're not going to close your heart. There's no benefit from letting someone ruin your day. Or something. Or something. In other words, you take this vow of happiness, 
And, you know, I flunked it recently myself, but you keep trying. <laughs> you keep trying. I'm going to stay happy no matter what's going on out there. So Mark and I have gone through a lot of different stuff on the road. You know, you saw it came up here. It comes up a lot of stuff like this, but not usually this bad. But when we get in the elevator, he says, remember our vow of happiness. And then we try to just drop it. So today you all took the vow of happiness, and may you always be happy. Bole Baba Kijay. So now we have a break. All right. I mean, business is creeping in on the can I, can I just share something that I raised, like an affirmation message for you to take into the rebirth? Yeah. Um, my power of creation is sacred. I'll only use it to serve life in its highest purpose. I do not give permission for any unconscious death urge to have my sacred power of creation. Thank yeah. you. My sacred creation power is dedicated to the highest service of life. Thank you, Thank Ewan. You. Mm. We're going to hold you to that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>